Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. I was sitting here during meet and greet uh, and I almost forgot I was speaking. And so I was over here talking and chatting and then my wife comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm speaking. So then I moved into the spot and I'm like, I gotta think of a joke. All right, I'll just use the growth track one. And, uh, uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, today I wanna talk to you about the purpose of your purpose. And that does include volunteering, but more than that, it includes, or actually it, uh, the reason for your life is the, is the point of this message. Like, what is the purpose of your purpose? So a lot of us do a lot of different things. I'm the production director, and it would be silly to think that I'm gonna stay production director for the next 100 years. God has seasons, and he moves us, and, and we do another thing. I might move into the youth. I might move into ushers. Who knows, you know? But uh, the thing about it is that when you walk with the Lord, he guides you and he directs you. And so uh, that is my purpose is for this season is to be working in ministry. And I wanted to tell you guys before I get into that meat of, the, of my message, I want to tell you a little bit about how I got here. Uh, in 19... 97. I remember it was January 5th, 1997. It was kind of cloudy outside, and I, it was probably because I was doing this. I was, uh, I'm actually proud of my service, but I, I left for basic training on January 5th. I remember, I could still remember, because it, it was such a poignant time in my life, and I remember leaving the house, the recruiter, you know, throwing me in the backseat of the car, and uh, this was still when recruiters were kind of mean, uh, believe it or not, and and I remember just looking back and seeing my mom. And, and so it was very poignant in my life. Uh, but I, little did I know, even though I was distraught, I was confused, um, little did I know that that was a, a turning point in my life. It was a path that God had me go on. It was his will. Um, so uh, when I joined the army, I went to uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Then I went to um, Fort Lee, Virginia. Give me a second. Your mouth gets really dry when you, when you sing. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I was at Fort Lee, Virginia, and then I got stationed here at Fort Hood, Texas, and I stayed there pretty much my whole military career from 1997, June of 97, until I got out in January of 2005. And, and it, before, uh, before I got out, obviously, I met Sharonica uh, at this church I was going. It was a United Pentecostal church, and it was, it was just uh, kind of a neat situation how it happened. Uh, I, had, I was dating a girl and uh, she broke up with me and I was kind of, you know, a little bit down and in the dumps. I'm like, you know, I'm 20 years old and, you know, single. And I'm like, ah, you know, I, why did she break up with me? And then it wasn't, but the next service, a lady comes in and goes, hey, Brother Abby, are you, are you single? Um, you know, kind, kind old lady. I'm like, all right, Mrs., uh, what was her name? What was that? Oh, Miss Patsy, yeah, Sister Patsy and Campbell. And she said, uh, oh, I forgot, sorry. Um, and she, she, I thought she was kind of mocking me or that she had heard, all right? So uh, the long and short of it is she knew this girl who, or she had a friend, she was a, it was Sharonica's grandmother, that had a granddaughter that was looking for a pen pal. I don't know if uh, you youngins remember, but we used to write these letters to each other and send it through this thing called mail. And it would usually take about, 
you know, five or seven days before they got it, and then another five to seven days before they responded, if they wrote right away, you know? And uh, so it was really cool, and, and it made uh, looking out for the mail real fun, because you're expecting something from your significant other, or a card, or whatnot. And so, I met Sharonica, but more than that, you know, our, God really orchestrated our marriage, and we had crossed paths in the past, and we didn't even know it. She was living in Oklahoma at the time. I wasn't stationed in Texas, but I was from Arizona. We used to do this thing called the Ostrich Festival in Arizona, and, uh, and we did it from like the late 80s until, until I left. We were always doing the ostrich. It was a big, huge festival. Ostriches in Arizona. They raise ostriches in Arizona. And, and so it was probably in the late 80s or early 90s that we kind of talked a little bit about it, but my wife remembers her great-grandparents lived in Arizona. Her great-grandfather was one of my dad's clients as a mechanic. I drove her great-grandfather home when she was probably about 14 or 15, 13 years old. I drove her great-grandfather home after he dropped his car off at my dad's shop, and I took him back to his farm, Mr. Schrand. And uh, so I knew her great-grandfather be- 10 years before I knew Sharonica. And um, not only that, but when I was in high school, uh, I had a crush on one of her cousins, apparently. And, and so uh, she was a senior and I was a, I was a, I was a junior in, in high school. And I had a crush, it was, you know, it was just one of those high school crushes, right? And, um, but it was her cousin. And, and this is the kind of stuff that we found out after the fact, obviously, in having conversations and getting to know each other. And there's so many other things. I'm telling you, I couldn't count them on my feet and my hands, how many things crossed that made it uh, so obvious that God had orchestrated our paths. We had actually, I'm pretty sure that I handed her a burrito when we were selling them at the Ostrich Festival because she said she came to visit those a couple of times. And we had the most popular taco stand at the Ostrich Festival. It was, it was great. I'm pretty sure that, that, I, that I sold her one and, and you know, I didn't know it at the time. Um, and so uh, as a junior in high school, also I went to this choir competition. I, I sing, I love to sing. That's, that's one of my primary callings. I'm a musician. Um, and her grandmother came to pick up the girl I had a crush on. Uh, and so she came, and so I met her grandmother because I, I, I had a crush on her, so I introduced myself to her, her grandmother, and uh, you know, unbeknownst to us, four years later, I'd meet her other granddaughter. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, in all seriousness, that, was, that didn't last very long. My point is that God... Uh, God or- orchestrates your life. He uh, has divinely orchestrated not just my life, but your life. Your life. And all you have to do is open your eyes to see what God is doing in your life. A lot of times we're, we're, uh, we're just lost in the moment, lost in life, and we forget to see that smile of your kid or to literally smell the roses. Uh, I was somewhere earlier today, and I had this, there was this fragrance that came, it was a good fragrance, that came into my presence, and I was like, wow, and it kind of threw me back, you know, so I meditated a little bit on that, I thought it was kind of cool, but we get lost in those moments, but we have to be able to pause enough so that we can see how God is moving in our lives. And I want to read a scripture, and I, if you guys have heard me speak before, I've shared the scripture, it's just, it's just one that I saw literally five times a day in my house. And it's Proverbs 3, verse five and six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he 
will direct your paths. I saw it all the time in my home. It was the one uh, thing that my mom always had up. And uh, if, you re- if you have heard me speak before, I also talked one time about trusting God. And you want to trust that God will place you on the right path. All that time that I didn't know what was going on, God knew what was going on. Obviously, I'm on this side of that experience and I can look back, but you, wherever you're at right now, God destined for you to be in the seat that you're in right now. Right now. He cares that much about you. All right? Even to listen to me if you didn't want to listen to me. He cared enough for you to put you in the seat to be here today. And uh, what are the things that caused you to be here today? Were you almost not going to make it, but then you decided, no, I got to go. You know, if you're watching online, were you thinking, you know what, I'm not going to stream it, but yeah, maybe I will. Things like that. All those little things, God has a reason for them. And I would challenge you to look back into your last two years, last three years, five years, and make a note of all the little things that brought you to where you are right now, good or bad. Because the Bible also says in Romans that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. All right, do you agree with that? I do, I do. Uh, So even if a bad thing to me presents itself, I'm gonna glorify in God and I'm gonna say, all right, I'm gonna step back from this, I'm gonna speak in tongues for a little bit and I'm gonna see what's going on because I don't get this, you know? Today I had one of those days where I'm like, God, I'm preaching tonight, what is going on? You know, I need to pop extra, you know, pills from the VA or whatever, you know, and just to get myself right and just in a right frame of mind, I'm like, I'm preaching, what's going on, God, what do you, but even that, you know, has set me up, set me up to be grateful in this moment to be thankful at the opportunity that has been afforded to me to speak to you. I count it a great honor to be up here and and speaking to you. It's just a wonderful privilege. And so look back the last two or three years of your life and see how God brought you to tonight, right? Uh, And with that, you know, after I got out of the army in 2005, I, um, I went through a really tumultuous time in my life where literally in three years, I went through 12 jobs. 12 jobs, that's insane, right? And I was, I was like, what's wrong with me, God? I can't keep a job. I'm going from job to job. We're penniless. We're, we're not living paycheck to paycheck. We're living like hand to mouth, you know? And I'm like, what's going on, God? What is happening here? And uh, turns out later on, I, I sought the, the help of, um, the VA and they uh, kind of gave me this rundown that I had adjustment disorder. See, I was raised in a strict, very strict Mexican family. Always rules. I mean, you touch something, my mom would, you know, sorry mom if you're watching, but my mom would, you know, spank your hand or whatever. And uh, very strict, but not just that. I grew up in a church that was very strict and very dogmatic, uh, very letter of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law, right? And uh, so all this rigidity coupled with the army, I had never had a real job outside of that. I worked with my dad, remember? I told you I, I bust her great-grandfather from our shop to his, to his farm. So all I knew was my dad's shop, which was very rigid and strict, our church that was very rigid and strict, the army that was very rigid and strict, as, as strict as you can get, maybe the Marines are a little bit stricter, but regardless, uh, it was a very strict and rigid uh, uh, type of lifestyle. And so um, I suffered from that. I suffered because of that, rather. 
and I didn't know how to adjust to even working at Best Buy. I'm like, there's rules here, why aren't we following them, you know? And why are you selling that for that low? It's not, you're not supposed to, you know? It's like, it's sales, buddy, it's sales, right? And man, I just had a real tough time uh, with uh, civilian living. Uh, but even that, I used to go to a church, after we left the UPC church, uh, we got invited by a great couple, uh, Jim and Brenda Cantrell, and they invited us to Destiny World Outreach Center. And we had friends there, we, we started to develop in grace there. And uh, from there, we ha- I remember in 2009, in the spring in 2009, uh, we had the Living Faith Crusade come by, and that was Pastor Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. You guys familiar with them? And they came by, and I'm telling you what, it changed my life. I was like, whoa, what is this, you know? And it was just an eye-opener. And now looking back, it's kind of... Uh, 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 just a medial thing or menial thing, and, and I, you, you wouldn't think much of it. It was just another kind of like crusade or conference. But that conference being there at that time helped spawn my decision, our decision, to go to Rama Bible Training College. Now, while at Rama Bible Training College, I went to uh, a couple different courses, and I remember in 2011 we were going to graduate and just come back. But something in us, we started praying and we decided to stay. And we stayed for an extra year, which is not the norm. We stayed for an extra year. And it turns out that Christmas at the Rama Christmas Annual Banquet, uh, Pastor Don was the special speaker. And, and uh, at the time, there was a, a couple that was leading praise and worship here that I knew and that was from Destiny World Outreach Center. And so I went up to him after he had preached. I said, hey, Pastor Don, how you doing? My name's Avi Leon, and uh, I hear so-and-so is, uh, is working at your church now. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're there and everything like that. So we started, you know, a kindred friendship. We started talking, and uh, they were talking about the ministry and whatnot. And, um, and so uh, from there, Pastor Don started reaching out to me. He came back here to New Braunfels, started reaching out to me and talking to me about, you know, the ministry here. And, and I came up and, you know, now we're here, you know. But all those little things, I look back at them and there's tons more examples that I can go into detail about. Tons more examples. And, but they brought us to this point. If I had not attended that Living Faith Crusade, which I didn't want to at the time, but I went to anyway. If I had not attended, I wouldn't have had the experience I did, which would have spawned my decision to go to Rama, which would have in turn, had me meet Pastor Don and have the opportunity to speak to you tonight. All right, one decision, one little decision, yes, I'm gonna go. That little decision got me here, and that was in 2009, that was eight years ago, eight years ago. And um, so, um, before that I was feeling lost, and I just didn't know where to go. So I, I'm gonna try to hurry up here. I don't have too much time, and I think I spoke a little too much of my testimony, but I hope that blessed you. I wanna give you three reasons why we may feel lost in this world. Three reasons why we may feel lost in this world. Uh, and I forgot to mention it on the onset, but if you have the app, if you can uh, go to Live Notes and follow along. If you don't, you can go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org, click on the, or scroll a little bit, click on the Live Notes, and follow along with what, what, what I'm covering tonight. All right, so three reasons why we may feel lost in this world. One, we're confused. I was confused. You're distraught. I had no clue what I was going to do with my life, and I'm 30-something years old, you know, and I'm like, this cannot be happening to me. I was raised in the church, God. Why am I going through this distraught? And the other thing that I felt when I first got into the military, uh, and I was literally by myself, is a sense of 
aloneness. And I wrote it that way on purpose. It's a sense of aloneness because that's different than loneliness. Loneliness you can fix by hanging out with people. Um, aloneness is to completely different because you could be in a crowd of people and still feel alone, right? So um, I just want to encourage you that if you're suffering or if you're in the midst of these kinds of trials, confusion, being distraught, or you find yourself at a sense of aloneness, I'm telling you right now, you're not the only one that has gone through this, that is going through this. I, if anybody, I'm standing here as an example that God can bring you out of that. All right, I bet you all of you, um, most of you if not all of you, uh, can have, have a testimony of God bringing you through one of these things that, and there's more obviously, but I just wanted to focus on these three, that uh, give you a sense of being lost in this world. Uh, well, I wanna go to 1 John 4, 1, where it says, um, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, I think I, I read that a little prematurely, but I wanna talk to you about where this message is coming from, or uh, we have to recognize where these uh, sentiments and these things that we feel, where they're coming from. And that's where I should have inserted First John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, I'm gonna preface this by saying that none of the people that I've been under in ministry, I, I, I'm calling them a false prophet or a false teacher. No, they've all been fantastic, stupendous uh, ministers of the gospel, and I respect and love every single one of them, and I could recall all the different types of relationships that I've had with every one of them. Um, but, Outside of my own personal experiences, there's crazy televangelists, there's people that are on Facebook, social media. There's this thing called the Church of Facebook now where you can join the church and pay offerings and tithes and all that stuff to this Church of Facebook. Just some kind of crazy ideas that don't line up necessarily with the Word of God. And so what religion is, is uh, what religions has taught us is they have taught us tradition over truth, all right, tradition over truth. So uh, the act of giving or the act of attending, a, a, you know, it's mandatory to attend this or it's mandatory to cut your hair, or it's mandatory to keep it long, all these things don't have any basis in the truth of the grace of God. Now there, there might be some reasoning for them as far as personal convictions and uh, modesty and attire and things like that, uh, but we have to be careful not to confuse tradition with truth, all right? Uh, modern theologies have also conditioned our way of thinking. And by modern theologies, I'm talking about cults, things that are way out there. You know, uh, those, uh, you know, Pastor Don talked about, about prosperity teaching. You know, there's a lot of people that go way out to the left or way out to the other extreme uh, about any certain point, be it uh, the Reformation or what is it, the, the, I think it's called the, uh, the Yeshua Reformed Church where every time they mention uh, Yahweh, the yod heh vav heh of the Old Testament, that they have to say yod heh vav heh which are the letters because nobody can pronounce really Elohim's name and all this stuff and uh, just some really, really crazy things out there. So these are modern theologies for the sake of being modern or fresh or new. Don't let these modern theologies condition the way that God 
the, the thing that God has planned for your life. And where do these things come from? These things come from the enemy, obviously. They come from Satan himself, and he delivers the mandate to his minions, who those minions then attach themselves to your lives in various ways. And I want to tell you that the enemy is very smart at this because he cannot create a lie. He doesn't create lies, believe it or not. He can only distort and pervert truth. So he'll take something that sounds right and make it completely perverted. And not in, in the weird sense, but just in a perverse way, you know? Twist a doctrine, twist a way of thinking. And you never, you have to be mindful of those things. And those things cause confusion, which is one of the things that we're trying to avoid in life, right? So Acts 17, 11 says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. All right, remember LeVar Burton reading Rainbow? But you don't have to take my word for it, you know, and then he'd, he'd, the book would come up and, and you, you know, read the book, right? It's exactly what the Bereans did. So it wasn't a reading rainbow thing. This is a reading Bereans type thing way back in ancient Greek times. And so the Bereans, what they did is that when they were, whenever they heard Paul or whomever speak, they would go back and, oh, hold on a second, hold on a second. And then they'd open up their scrolls. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's true, Paul, that's right. And so whenever you hear me speak, whenever you hear one of our past, whenever you hear your favorite preacher on TBN speak, don't take it at face value. That's not your, you're not supposed to do that. Your job as a Christian in your journey is to take that information, absorb it for what it's worth, and then apply it to your life. Not just hear it and you know, having that tickling ear that Paul talks about later in the epistles. Because you know, if you just listen to it and you like it, and you're like, oh, that was a great message, but then do nothing with it, then you just have itching ears wanting to be you know, tickled and scratched. That's what you have, all right? I hope, I hope that's not, you know, not stepping on your toes because I'm really trying to break the whole foot off, you know? And so I'm just trying to get you to a new perspective of how to see the scriptures. The Bereans did it and I like to do it too. I, I like to, well, I'm not so sure about that. Even if they're right, I wanna know for myself. And when you know for yourself, you know that you know, and you've probably heard this, you know that you know that you know that you know a truth in the Bible, nobody can take that away from you, nobody. And so that's gonna give you a right standing in your purpose. When you are sure and knowledgeable of what you are in Christ and in the eyes of grace, in the eyes of God, it'll, con it'll set you concrete in your purpose, amen? And so our purpose also is not just a temporal journey, all right? Um, it's not just something that we're trying to attain for now. I, I like to, somebody said it and I like this, they said don't get caught up in the rat race. Don't get caught up in the rat race. And um, in Romans 15, 13 it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the rat race is this life, living hand to mouth, is living uh, paycheck to paycheck, is trying to figure out where the next bill is gonna come from, is trying to figure out how you're gonna close the kids uh, you know, six months from now. Don't worry about that, because God says in his word in Matthew 6 that all those things he will take care of. And also in Romans, just like I said earlier, all things will work together for good. How many people love God? 
How many people feel that they are called by God? All right, that qualifies you. It's gonna work together for good. Wherever you find yourself at this moment, do not worry about it. Tomorrow will be better. If you find yourself in a point where you can't afford whatever, don't worry. Money's gonna come again. Life, the rat race of life is a roller coaster. You have highs, lows, ebbs, and flows. Oh, that was kind of cool there. Uh, And... um, And it's gonna come back around, just you can't look at that temporal journey of your life and apply that as a certainty, as an absolute. You know, because the only absolute is that God loves you and that he gave his son for you. So that if you believe on Jesus, you can take that temporal journey into your eternity. All right, so that is where grace is leading. Grace is leading us to exist eternally in your purpose. And your purpose has always been the initial intent. External, excuse me, eternal existence has always been the initial intent. When he created man, Adam and Eve, he created them to live forever, all right? He created them to live forever, he had this planned out, all right? but the enemy did what he did. Not that God didn't know what he was doing, but you know, he tried, to, he tried to give free will to man because without free will, there is no true love. All right, he gave free will to man so that man would choose him, man did not, man did not. Um, but that eternal existence that was intended for Adam and Eve has always been the initial intent. intent. This eternal plan has has been weaved throughout the fabric of our known time. All of our recorded history, everything that we perceive in historical records in our current existence has been woven since the foundation of the universe. Ephesians 9, eight through 10 says, and so here I am preaching and writing about these things that are way over my head. Sometimes when I'm preaching, some of these things I'm preaching to myself because they're way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God who created all this in the first place, that's what we said, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. I'm gonna pause there. Do you guys, do you guys ever notice uh, when things go right in the, in the sound booth? You probably don't. But if we never hear news, like, that means we did good. That means we're, we did all right. But if lyrics were messed up or the scriptures didn't go up at the right time, you know, we hear about it. But it isn't until those little mix-ups or the mic drops or a light doesn't come on when it's supposed to. You know, we're working behind the scenes to make it seamless so that you guys can flow in the presence of God. Now, amplify that by a Google, right? Amplify that by a Google and now think of what God is doing behind the scenes for your life. And he's perfect. He knows where every atom in the universe is. Every molecule, every quark, every boson, every nuon, all those things. He knows where all of those things are in time and, and space. And so he knows, what's, he's, he's, he's orchestrating this whole divine universe for you behind the scenes and secretly. So let me finish this off through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches. This extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. The angels are like, oh my God, who are these, who is man that you are mindful of him? David says in one of his Psalms. Who are you, who is man that God is mindful of him? The angels 
would love to be in your spot right now. They really would. They really would. John 19.30 says, when, oh, uh, let me, let me, don't put that up yet, Will. All right. Um, because this is one of those other ones that I kind of flipped on accident. Uh, so where grace is leading, uh, the, the final uh, point in where grace is leading is that when Jesus rose, he closed the loop of the continual chaos in your life. So that feeling of confusion, being distraught, and that aloneness, when, God, when Jesus rose from the grave, because it wasn't just enough for God to hang on the cross. If he would have hung on the cross and stayed in the tomb, none of this would be, would be possible. But because he rose, he closed that loop of chaos in your life. That's something to, to cheer about, even if you're not right now, that's all right. He closed that loop of chaos in your life. You can grab on to continuity in God if you accept that Jesus is who he said he is. See, a lot of people, atheists and agnostics, are like, oh, you, you guys are crazy believing that Jesus did this and he's a fairy tale and, and you know, spaghetti monster or spaghetti monster up in the sky and, um, and it, that's an that's a atheist thing. Um, but we don't believe these things because we want to believe them. We believe them because Jesus said them. You don't believe it because Pastor Dom preaches it. You don't believe it because Abby preaches it or Pastor Dave or Pastor Cody. You believe it because Jesus said it. Amen? Jesus said it. And the purpose, the purpose or the end game of all of this, of this life, is to develop into what God has planned for us, not here, but in eternity. In eternity, amen? And so, as he is, Jesus, because you know he's already in that, in eternity, our eternal purpose, Let, let's look at what uh, 1 John four seventeen says. It says, in this, love has been perfected with us. Grace has perfected us in love. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment that, and judgment doesn't mean like the, the great white throne judgment. It means any time you are called to question in your purpose in God. Confidence in that day in judgment that just as he is, who he, capital H, Jesus, just as he is, also are we in this world. So that's really cool. Think about that for a second. Jesus has um, bequeathed, is the word that I was looking for, because we used to do that in high school. When, when, when an heir gets something from you know, their long lost grandfather or whatever, he, it's called a bequeath. And so when Jesus bequeathed to us the power to live and exist as if we're already in eternity. Just as he is, we are also in this world. That's pretty awesome. And when you think about it, I like to use the analogy of the gestation period, you know, when a baby is created. So gestation defined, it says that it's the process of carrying or being carried in the womb between conception and birth. You know, simple biology there. Um, salvation, when you come into the knowledge of Christ, it's the conception of our eternal selves. Our eternity begins at salvation. This life we live, this life we live here is our eternal gestation. Just like a baby, he's developing lungs and a whole bunch of different things and a mouth and a nose. He doesn't need that in the womb, y'all. He needs it for when he comes out of the womb. So all the things that you're going through right now in life, all the things that you find yourself troubled with, those things, we may not know it now, but they're setting us up for an eternal existence. Amen? 
are setting us up for an eternal, thank you, amen, all right, an eternal existence because you don't know, Paul says that we see through a glass dimly. We can't see all the things that eternity is and our mind would not even comprehend if we did see them, all right? So this life we live is an eternal, this life right here in our flesh is an eternal gestation period so that when we leave this life and into the by and by, you know, then we're gonna be like, oh, that's why I went through that. It was getting me ready for this. Oh, that's why I became a doctor. Oh, that's why God called me to be an architect because he had me doing this. He wanted me to do that. So all the things that's happening in your life is for an eternal purpose, all right? And we just kinda gotta get all that stuff in order and just trust in God. Well, not us, but trust in God that he'll get it in order. All right, and and so I wanna challenge you with this and you guys could write in your notes or later on tonight, what is your natural gifting, your natural talent, or your inclination? Or what is your learned experience? Have you gone to school? What are those things? So think about those things that you've experienced tonight or tomorrow or on your way home in the car, talking to your spouse or your, your significant other. What are the things that you have gone through that you believe God has you learning right now. Think about that. God has placed an eternal empowerment inside all of us. We have a choice to initialize it. Amen? We have the choice to initialize it. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.